Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 2023 hopefully will bring some change. And today we had the chance to hear some clips over the course of the news hour from Pierre Polyev, who says right now that there's many people in Canada who are angry because they are, quote, hurting. And I want to get into some of these conversation pieces with the man himself who is kind enough to join us. Pierre Polyev, good afternoon. Good to be with you. Let's talk about the fact that Canadians are hurting. Why are they hurting? Well, let's start with their financial situation. You know, we've had the 40-year highs in inflation, interest rates now rising faster than at any time you know, since I've been born. We have 1.5 million people forced to eat at food bank in a single month in March. One food bank said that they're getting visits from people who are seeking out medical assistance and dying from the food bank, not because the people are sick, or injured, but because they can't afford to live. We have news reports of students living in homeless shelters because they can't afford housing. And who can afford housing these days? Right now, it takes a larger share of the average paycheck to make mortgage payments on the average house than at any time in recorded history. This is life in Canada after seven years of Justin Trudeau. The cost of government is driving up the cost of living. A half trillion dollars of inflationary deficits have driven up the cost of the goods we buy and the interest that we pay. Uh, The more he spends, the more things cost. Uh, Regulatory red tape prevents us from building affordable housing and uh, developing new projects that could give people bigger paychecks and affordable homes. Um, And Trudeau has done nothing to fix any of these problems. So I believe it's time to cap government spending Uh, cut government waste to bring down the inflation, um, get rid of the the carbon tax to lower gas and grocery bills, and remove the government red tape so that we can build affordable houses for our young people and more develop our resources to give bigger paychecks and more affordable goods to our consumers. In other words, let's turn all this hurt into hope. Mr. Polyev, you mentioned the Bank of Canada, and we talk about the fact that at points you said they were, quote, printing money. And my challenge is trying to see how 2023 will be different from 2022. Uh, without using the phrase stopping the bleeding too often, how do we stop the bleeding? We have to stop the overspending by government. Now, even the governor of the Bank of Canada has now admitted that excessive government deficits are driving up both inflation and interest rates. And it's pretty easy to understand why when governments... Uh, you know, running a $36 billion deficit, those dollars are outbidding up goods and interest. They're competing with uh, Canadians for credit, which drives up interest rates. So we have to cap government spending. I'm not saying cut, but let's, why don't we bring in a law that says every time the government brings in a new dollar of spending, they should find a dollar of savings to pay for it rather than just borrowing and taxing more. That's how every household's discipline their spending. Why doesn't government do the same? Let's um, cancel Trudeau's plan to triple the carbon tax uh, because we can't afford higher energy prices right now. And finally, let's remove the government red tape so that our farmers 
can produce more food. Our builders can produce more homes. And our workers can generate more affordable energy for Canadians. You mentioned in your press conference today that you were open to conversing about travel and the woes right now that many Canadians are facing south of the border. Obviously, it's a a black eye, a gray cloud over our industry right now. What changes need to be made and who needs to be accountable? Well, first of all, the government of Canada needs to be accountable. Remember, air transportation is federal responsibility. The federal government controls our airports and regulates our airlines. This is squarely on Justin Trudeau's table. He's the one who should take immediate action to hold the airlines accountable for their poor service. He's the one that should be holding our airports accountable for their poor management. You know, the Toronto International Airport was found to be the worst uh, airport in the world last year. Uh, This, sorry, this year, assuming it would be last year. And um, we have, that was in the summer. Remember, we were told, oh, it's just a temporary glitch once we get everybody back to post-COVID normality, we won't have these problems anymore. Well, now look at the chaos. Uh, with thousands of people forced to sleep on airport uh, concrete floors waiting for their planes that are delayed. Some people are going to be stuck down south for weeks longer than expected. Um, my solution is let's streamline the, uh, the, the Canadian Transportation Agency's complaint process that they can immediately uh, investigate and rule on the 30,000 outstanding complaints and um, issue penalties to airlines that have violated our passenger uh, protection laws. Uh, Let's hold them accountable for breaking the rules and for failing to deliver for Canadians. And let's get our airports functioning at world-class standards like they used to before Trudeau. Mr. Poliev, you also said in your press conference today uh, that you were closely monitoring the situation in China. You used the phrase that the numbers of COVID cases in China were, quote, exploding, and yet what Canadians are doing right now is monitoring the situation. Do you find that we're being a little too reactive as opposed to perhaps being proactive? Well, we are. We have to watch carefully. Um, we, we want to make sure that we protect the Canadian public. Uh, we also want to make sure that we move forward. Um, and uh, that means that uh, we you know, act when, when the numbers and the, the data warrants. And uh, at the same time, uh, you know, let's, let's ensure that whatever policy we bring in place protects the public and delivers more benefit than cost to our people. We see that the numbers are high. The data states that. But at the same time right now, with the potential for new variants to come into the country, we're kind of just hovering around this conversation. I'm just wondering what we tell Canadians to make sure that they feel comfortable when they see flights coming in from overseas that they're protected. Well, that's exactly what our what CBSA and uh, the Public Health Agency of Canada are responsible for doing. So uh, I think we should uh, they should be monitoring carefully to make sure there are new, new variants entering Canada from which we are unprotected. Uh, and uh, we should put the medical safety of our population first and foremost. Um, and uh, that's what conservatives are going to be calling for in the days ahead. I want to finish up with gun control and crime. It's also something that I know that you've spoken of frequently. This is obviously near and dear to many Canadians' hearts. What are we going to do with crime, or what would you do with crime if put in power? Well, I think we have to go after the real bad guys. Um, A very small minority of repeat violent offenders are responsible for the vast majority of crime. Let me give you an interesting fact point from your own province. The BC Union of Mayors wrote a letter 
which they said that in Vancouver, there are 40 offenders, 40, who are responsible for 6,000 negative interactions with police. And negative interactions is mostly arrests. 40, 6,000. That means that each one of them is on average responsible for 150 interactions with police in a year. That's like one arrest every two days for the same people. Now imagine if we brought in real penalties uh, to take those 40 people off the streets, 6,000 fewer police interactions would be required. And each time those were interactions, they sound like you know sterile, something uh, you know technical. We're talking about having to arrest people because they attacked a stranger, robbed a bank, carjacked a vehicle, um, stabbed an innocent person, um, destroyed people's lives. Uh, and we, we, you know, we saw that again with the killing of an Ontario Police Force um, constable just the other day. Uh, the alleged killer was out on bail, even though he has previous convictions for violent gun-related and police attacks. And finally, he was uh, he'd been charged once again with those same kinds of offenses. He should not have been out on bail. Had he not, then that constable might st still be with us today. So let's bring in tougher penalties for the most serious habitual offenders instead of doing as Trudeau does, which is to try and scare people about hunters and anglers. It's not the hunter up in uh, Kitimat um, who is, um, or Prince George, who is shooting up the streets uh, of Vancouver it's the repeat violent offender. So leave the hunters alone. Go after the real bad guys. Mr. Polyev, I thank you, and I wish you a good New Year to you and your entire family. Excellent. Great to be with you. Happy New Year to all your listeners.